I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back. This is Renovation Made Right, and I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And we are going to do the second of a two-part DIY, that's do-it-yourself for the uninitiated, uh, podcast about doing it yourself right. projects. So. And so when we left off last, uh, we were just about to jump into the topics of if you're considering doing your own project for yourself, um, what things we really feel like pretty strongly that you shouldn't be doing. Design. Right. So we already just talked gonna about going to throw that. that out there. So design. Yes. And, if and you didn't hear that, you got to go back it, to the last podcast. Right. Don't do design. But yeah. but there's, a, yeah, so good to do that. Don't be a moron. But let's say you, you heeded our advice and now you've got a great design you're excited about mm-hmm. and your cabinetry is on order and your sink and faucet and all that stuff is selected and, and in the house already. Now um, we want to talk about the things that are reasonable for you guys to do Correct. and to tackle and the things that you got to be careful about. Right? Correct. You do not need to have a whole boatload of skills. As we had referred to in the first uh, discussion, you don't have to have a boatload of skills to do some of these things. Some Clearly some skills and some tools are going to be required. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there's investment required to make this happen. Um, but, you know, you can think about things sort of on a continuum between low skill and high skill. And uh, and obviously the demolition side of it is pretty low skill. Mm-hmm. Not It's not brainless, right? You can actually get yourself into trouble. Yeah, and you can get you can hurt yourself. Right. You like, hurt, right. like, don't take a sawzall through all your electrical wiring. Right, Just <laughs> exactly. Just hint. Right. And, uh, and at the same time, you know, simple stuff like... Uh, you know, shutting off all your supply lines to your sink before. You, but be careful because the, sh- the shutoffs are probably in your sink base, mm-hmm. which means if you then wail on your sink base mm-hmm. after you shut it off and you snap a line, you're in trouble, right? right. So there's things like that to think about. Um, but but I think sort of top of the list is when you're, when you're doing uh, plumbing or electrical, most people mm-hmm. are not really qualified to mess with that. No. Right? Um, and like, and you know, I know people who uh, say, "Well, I'm an electrical engineer. It's okay." Yeah, you're an electrical engineer, but you've never been trained to be an electrician, right? right? You've been trained to work <laughs> on printed circuit boards or something, right? Do you so, remember, a, a f- uh, like a number of years ago, they had that um, PSA for for British um, railroad crossings, and it was like "Dumb Ways to Die." Do you remember that song? Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. and one of them was "Wire Your Own House," right. and it was like right. and the house goes poof, right? right exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> So being careful about that, and that not only not only that, there is no way as a layperson uh, you're going to understand the code requirements. Right. And today, the code requirements for a kitchen are much much more stringent than mm-hmm. likely than they likely were when your house was built, right? Yeah. And I say that because even if you're well, you wouldn't be remodeling your kitchen in a brand new house, but even in a house that's ten years old, the codes have changed, mm-hmm. right? And they've changed in a way that ultimately now makes um, your home safer. And you want to implement that that protocol, those protocols, into your new wiring, right? right. And so, uh, working with a, a electrical professional is a, is a big deal. So, being your own general contractor um, is going to also include you involving 
some other trades. And we've talked about, and I would encourage you to go back to some of our older shows about how you vet people, right? Because uh, bringing in an electrician or bringing in a plumber uh, also means that you want to, you're, you're introducing a variable into the project that you want to be able to control. Correct. Right. And, and be able to make sure that you have good folks doing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So that they're licensed and right. right. That they're licensed and they can give you some good advice. Like mm-hmm. here's a, here's a cost effective way we can use the wiring you currently have and still make your house compliant. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, maybe I'll run some new uh, home runs for some of the appliances, but we can keep the wiring in the walls for your perimeter outlets. We might have to break them up a little bit, right? You know, you're throwing out the lingo, the home runs, the things, and you know sorry. what? Right. You lose me on that, much right. less a listener. <laughs> so don't so, get all jargony. Sorry. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. You're right. Sometimes I do that. I didn't mean to. Um, but what I mean is essentially just working with your electrician to get good advice about how you can meet today's code, uh, make your kitchen safe, uh, and do it in a, in a, in a cost-effective manner. Mm-hmm. Fair enough? Yep. Right? Um, and uh, and same thing is true of plumbing. Now, plumbing is a little different to the extent that if you were just going to do a remove and replace like we talked about and your kitchen sink is uh, going to stay in the same place. Yeah. You probably don't have to do anything. Not a big deal. Well, right. you're going to have to reconnect a new sink. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to go through that. Um, there's a lot. Th- that's not a hard thing to do. That's a relatively straightforward thing, thing to do. And, you know, once again, YouTube can make that happen. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the demo work that is is very viable. Some drywall work is very viable, I think, um, for a lot of people. The painting is viable. Even in some cases, your flooring is DIY f- viable. Right. Yep. Uh, maybe in many cases, your flooring is. Um other things that are are viable if you feel comfortable, if you feel like you're, um, you know, you've got some abilities, is maybe your cabinet installation, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, uh, again, and, uh, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube for sure. But there are some really basic things that you want to do and want to watch on YouTube that make installation dramatically easier. And so watch a few, by the way, because it, as much as you'd like to think that there's a norm and a standard for everything, there's not. Mm-hmm. There are smart carpenters and there are smart. There are carpenters who are not so smart. And mm-hmm. so be careful. <laughs> Just because they have a video camera does not make them uh, suitable to give you great advice, right. right? So spend some time looking at different installation technology or techniques and, uh, and think through, okay, that one makes sense to me. I'm going to follow that method, right. right? And by the way, here's a really important thing. Your cabinets, when they're installed, need to be level and plumb. Right. Um, and these are, if you don't understand those, look it up. Right. Um, but that's sort of a basic baseline because if you, if they aren't, nothing will work. Your doors won't hang right. Your drawers won't slide right. Your appliances are be kind of wonky in the openings. Yep. Right. Exactly. So there's ways to deal with. For instance, your house probably isn't level and plumb. Virtually your, virtually guaranteed that it's not. Right. Your your walls are going to run out a little bit. Your floor is going to run off a little bit. And you need to compensate for that when you're installing so that your cabinets and subsequently your countertops are all level and plumb. Well, that's a big deal too because um, let's just let's just assume that you might be putting a, a stone, some variety of stone mm-hmm. on your on your countertops. Likely, likelihood today is you're going to try to work your budget out so that you're not going to have a laminate countertop, mm-hmm. right? And stone is totally unforgiving, right? St- stone, uh, like a, a laminate countertop, you can actually suck it down and bend it and mm-hmm. arc it a little bit. If mm-hmm. your cabinets aren't level and, and aren't straight, uh, you can tweak that, right? Yep. And, There's and, no bending stone. Yeah, and people aren't really going to notice that. But mm-hmm. stone demands a very straight line mm-hmm. and a very level. Uh, the truth is, actually, it doesn't, dem- doesn't demand level. You could put a countertop on an unlevel cabinets, 
but you can't put a countertop on cabinets that aren't straight. Right. Right. And so, uh, the, so consequently, the easiest thing to do is if you make your cabinets level and plumb, that by definition makes them straight. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so working through that is is an important thing to consider. So, if that makes you uncomfortable, there's another component that you think about and say, okay, uh, maybe I will find a trim carpenter to do my cabinet installation. There's still plenty of other sweat equity mm-hmm. that you can do that helps drive your budget down and helps get the project done in in the short term, but doesn't take your investment of cabinetry and risk it mm-hmm. on your yeah. You can lack really of skill, right? you can really screw up a, a bunch, lot. right? Yeah. A bunch, and and uh, in, in there, and every carpenter has made mistakes that have caused problems and learned from them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you haven't, right? So you're you want to avoid some of those mistakes. Uh, you know, even simple mistakes in drilling your cabinetry for hardware. Most cabinets do not come pre-drilled for their hardware. And simple stuff like not knowing um, how to go about that process, you can actually damage adjoining cabinets. You can damage the cabinet itself mm-hmm. with the way the way in which you drill your doors and drawers mm-hmm. if you're not smart about it. And right? one of the most expensive parts of your cabinetry is the doors and drawers. So if right. you misdrill them, having to buy replacement doors and drawers is kind right. of a bummer. And I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. Right. And and not only am I speaking <laughs> from experience, I'm speaking from experience of our carpenters who occasionally I will find out oh, we had to order a new drawer head. And I'm like, why do we have to order a new drawer Well, you know, we misdrilled it, mm-hmm. right? As soon as we can figure out how to do this work without human beings, we'll stop having mistakes. Yep. But until we have, you know, until we do that, we're going to have mistakes. And, yep. and you, But we're going to have less mistakes than the average Joe because yeah. we've learned from the ones we've oh, already made, right? Absolutely. So, um, okay, so those are some considerations about things you, you don't really want to do, I think. Um, and, uh, and don't forget, you know, you're acting in the capacity of a general contractor. So... As you're bringing people or as you're bringing skilled trades into the project, you want to be careful about that. It's not like if they can fog a mirror and they got a pulse, that's not the guy, right? <laughs> you you want to make sure that they you're vetting them a bit and you want to make sure that they're going to be able to add value to the project and that they can meet your timeline. Right. Right. Because, uh, you know, you get you, you, you move along, you do all your work uh, and you hustle to try to get the project to not take you six months. Uh, and then in the end, you end up being in a situation where you're now waiting for this person or that person. And unfortunately... Well, and you need to, to be honest, you need to build some of that into your thinking. You right. know, there right. there's going to be, especially when you're when you're contracting your own work um, or DIYing, there's going to be those instances where somebody cannot come um, the day they said they would. Well, and moreover, the truth is you're not all that important. Yeah, right. no, you're not. You're just one one person. Right. You're not like the the uh, contractor that they're working for regularly, and they got to you know, they say jump and right. they say how high. We have an electrician working on five projects for us, mm-hmm. and and we're important to him, so he comes when we need him to come, and mm-hmm. he allocates the resources accordingly. You're going to be getting, you're going to be doing you know sort of a one and done kind of a thing in right. most cases, and and you got it. You're right. You're absolutely right. You need to think about that and sort of build that buffer into your expectations, right? right? So that's that's you know, the, that's part of the sweat equity. Right. Is the waiting, <laughs> you know? Honestly, when you get it right is. down to it, it's the frustration and the waiting for somebody to show up and actually do the work. So whatever timeline you have roughed out for doing your project, double it right. just to be kind to yourself. Now, another thing that we want to think about is, so we talked about kind of finite projects like kitchens or baths. Those are pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. A kitchen, and let's let's shift gears and talk a little quickly about a, a, a bath project. So a bath project is, is also finite, kind of manageable. Um, but you, But once again, being thoughtful about design. If you're just doing like what we talked about in a bath, a, a remove and replace, mm-hmm. right, and you're taking the fixtures out and putting new stuff in, uh, that's awesome. 
But in most, let's say you have a, a shower tub combination. Let's say you have a cast iron shower, a cast iron tub, and your walls are tiled, and you want to do something different. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to convert it to a shower. Maybe you're going to convert it back to another shower tub, but you want it new and updated and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That does have a fair amount of specific knowledge associated with it, right? Like the average DIY person is not going to be competent enough to uh, tie in uh, a, a new tub to the drain line mm. and make the, all of that work. Uh, and so that's where, again, you want to bring somebody in to know what they can do and, and, and can help you through certain components of it. Yep. Right? Which is why a powder room is an excellent DIY project. Powder room great. actually, you right? probably could do everything in there. Right. And, and there's all, once again, uh, YouTube is your buddy. All There's tons and tons of tricks of the trade. It, like something as simple as if you're doing a bathroom uh, that uh, you know on the second floor and you you do have or um, uh, a uh, a cast iron tub, and they're freaking heavy, heavy. right? They're heavy and uh, and spec them all the time. Right. Everybody swears at me. Well, the truth is today we spec a lot more acrylic, a lot more acrylic, I know, right? But I um, like I like a cast uh, iron tub. Right. I'm well, sorry. It's because you've never carried a cast iron. I tub, know. Right? And I know. So <laughs> you know that's they they they're much less appealing when you carry I them. I know. Right? And so you know do you. Uh, when you think about it, how do you get a cast iron tub out of the house? People will think, well, you know, that's super heavy, very difficult. And by the way, when your cast iron tub came in the house, the likelihood was pretty good that it didn't have all the finishes yeah, in the house yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right. There like no the house was probably on. just rough framed. Right. And there weren't beautiful stairs and there weren't beautiful trim. All those, th mm -hmm. all those things weren't there. So um, carrying it up or down wasn't that big of a deal. Today, getting it back out of the house is a problem, right? So what do you do? The reality is what you typically do is you hit it with a sledgehammer. Ah, right? and you break all the porcelain off. You, no, you actually, the, the the cast iron itself will shatter. Seriously? It will shatter and break into little pieces, right? Ah. You wouldn't think that, right? And no, there's I a, wouldn't there's think a, that. Now, That's it's interesting. A, it's very loud, and it's very messy, and you need hearing protection and eye protection and skin protection and all that stuff. But you're now cleaning up fragments of a tub mm. and, card and carting those out of the house in more manageable sizes than you would be otherwise, right? right? So that's a perfect example of a little, um, y you know, uh, a tip or a technique that the average person's not going to know, but maybe right. YouTube would tell you, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So think through those things and, and wonder, you know, and think through what are you, how you're going to handle that, right? Um, and uh, and so you're being smart about it and trying to make it manageable for yourself, mm -hmm. right? And a bath. The other thing that's nice about a bath renovation is most of the time. If you're doing a roof and replace, it only requires minor amounts of demo. I mean, you're taking all the stuff out, right? But you don't have to fully gut the walls, right? If you're making big changes, then you need to fully gut the yeah, walls, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but if you uh, if you do minor stuff, then you don't need to fully. You need to gut typically like around the shower area, but not the whole shooting match, right? Right. right. Um, and Which is why, if you have a cast iron tub that's in pretty good shape and you're not really committed to putting yep. that shower in. Leave the tub. Well, leave the tub and or have it re-enameled. Right. right? Yep. You can have, there, yep. are, there are services that will come by and, and you know, re-coat your tub. Mm -hmm. Now, the truth of the matter is it's not as awesome as the original, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the original finish is, uh, but you still get a new-looking tub out of it. And, by the way, you get a new-looking tub at a discount. Right. Right. It's way less expensive right. than And that. you don't have to t take it out of the house. And you don't have to take it out of the house, which is a big deal, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, uh, and today- You can actually change the color, too. Uh, you could. Yep. Uh, harvest gold. Yeah, yeah, so right. if you had a cast iron tub that's gold or green or some other nasty color and you just want it to be white, you can actually have somebody come and re-enamel it in a different color. Right, exactly. So so anyway, as, as you're thinking about tackling these projects, hopefully, that, let's just assume, because I think this is mostly the case, um, let's assume that a couple is going to be thinking about tackling these mm -hmm. projects, right? 
and the, you might want to hire an attorney early <laughs> on in the process. Well, Just saying. So that's what, what I was another professional you might want to put on your payroll. Right. What I was going to say was that um, you know among couples, everyone has sort of different personality types and different skill sets. Mm-hmm. One of you is more likely to be the planner mm-hmm. and and maybe a little bit more of an organizer, mm-hmm. right? That and somebody else just wants to wield the sledgehammer. Someone else just wants to dive right and go for it because mm-hmm. they got way more confidence than they really should. Right. Right. And and uh, hmm. Right. Hmm. Who We're, could that be? Have I ever let you down? No, because so you my have confidence skills. is not poorly placed. I'm, no, no, your confidence is. But I'm just saying, men in general. Oh, this is a sex thing. Yeah. I think that's a complete generalization that's inappropriate. Uh, and I'm de- deeply offended. I'm as sorry. Are, stereotypes come from somewhere. As are all of our male listeners. You're so. <laughs> We may not read directions. That's a whole. <laughs> I'm going to cop to that. But uh, as a as a gender, we may not read directions. But you I know, don't know. Not going to. But anyway, it's a little hubris built in. I digress. Yes. Don't use words if you don't know what they mean. Um, but so <laughs> you're so sassy. So um, the the thing is that that planner person, whoever whoever that is in the relationship, uh, this is a perfect time. So create a timeline. Think through all the things and and be careful about uh, thinking through that process. So you can. Uh, nobody wants these projects to go forever. Right? No. And and yes, it should go. It will probably take you longer DIY. That's just typical, right? Mm-hmm. You're also saving a fair amount of money doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we already we started this conversation by saying maybe you're doing it this way because you couldn't find somebody else to do it otherwise, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Fine. Um, but uh, but again, it, it, be smart. Think through the plan. And, and first of all, make a plan. Which you're you're miles ahead of most people if they don't because they don't take the time to make a plan. Correct. Um, and it's very much ready fire aim, and mm-hmm. they they're doing the wrong things in the wrong order. Um, and there is, by the way, for remodeling, there is a logical and specific order of how things happen. Not only, obviously, that the demo happens first, but it really doesn't happen first. The first thing that happens is dust protection and floor protection, mm-hmm. right? Most homeowners don't think about that. Most homeowners are like, yeah, let's just go for it, right? Yep. And then, and, and, and then, and then have, they've trashed the whole house with right. dust, and they're, they're, now they're frustrated with themselves, yep. right? And they have to spend eight hours cleaning the dust off right. everything. So then it's, you know, it's dust protection, floor protection. And then as it relates to the other trades... You know, electrical and plumbing go in a specific order. Mm-hmm. Typically, you know, you're going to get your plumbing work done in advance of your electrical work, especially if you're moving things, because mm-hmm. the plumbing work is less flexible than electrical work is. Right, right. right. Now, it's you, easy to work wires around plumbing, but not so easy to work plumbing around wires. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And uh, so thinking those things through, it, you know, makes a lot of sense. And, and then deciding, okay, what's important here and what's not important? And how over the top or anal do we want to become? So a good example is, um, if your house is heated with uh, forced hot water, right? You have baseboard mm-hmm, heat, mm-hmm. right? And you're going to do a bathroom project. What do we often find in baseboard heat in bathrooms? Oh, it's rusty. It's rusty. Why is it rusty? Because people keep peeing on it. People. <laughs> let's 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 not put <laughs> right. too fine a point. All right. Let's go it's back to men. Men. Right. Men pee on the. It's right. disgusting. So invariably, in when you go into a client's home. Uh, and if they have forced hot water baseboard heat, and it's it's there underneath the window, right. and the toilet's next to the window, it's always there. Yeah, right. It's it, like in every post World War II home. No, I can't believe you brought this it's up. It's the same thing. Uh, well, it's important, right? It's important because you could potentially avoid an entire trade, or you could require an entire trade depending right. on the decision you make. Right. right? So what I was going to say is, you've got this baseboard. It's kind of gross. It's rusted and so forth. However, it doesn't require. I mean, in a perfect world, if budget weren't an object and you were a professional contractor, you're going to include repa- replacing that mm-hmm. with rust-resistant baseboard, which, by the way, they now make for this very reason, yeah. rust-resistant baseboard. Because men can never not pee everywhere. Yeah, well, let's go with little boys, right? It's more of that, right? But uh, regardless, mm. <laughs> regardless, I think what you want to think about is, um, do I have to replace that baseboard heat element 
Or if that element's working fine, do is instead what I do in place, I sand it, I use a metal primer, and then I repaint it, and I, I, I you know I vacuum it all up so that all the fins are clean and it works well. But then I, I go wanna, ahead. I just want to vomit just thinking about this part. I know, I get it. I've seen a million of these things. Is it right? But but this is a perfectly viable way, especially for a DIY project. I know. To save save the some need. money, right? Exactly. Right, because you know what, replacing that heat isn't just a simple thing. No. You got to shut the boiler down, you got to drain the boiler, you got to yep. cut the heat out, you got to yep. put the new heat in, you got to restart the boiler, you got to purge it. It's a thing. Yeah, right? it's like 750 bucks right. if somebody's right. Right. Yeah. right. And 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 it's a whole lot less mm-hmm. to get to a point where you can have a very nice product. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little gross, but work through it. Right? And then and then tell your sons and your husband to sit down. Right. And sit <laughs> down on the damn toilet. Let's <laughs> sorry. Come on. We're not I'm sorry. It. Yeah, that's fine. We're not it doing that. It solves the problem. Stop. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Right. <laughs> So, um, and so the uh, so the thing to be thinking about there too is, and, and another little thing, right? Um, it's you, not a picnic. You do that work. <laughs> oh my god! You, you do that work when the toilet's been removed. You're going to take your toilet out anyway because yep. the toilet has to come out for new flooring. Yeah. If you do all that work when the toilet's been removed, you, you, by the way, when you take your toilet out, you're going to put uh, you know some sort of a plug in the toilet so you don't get sewer gas back in the house while oh, you're doing yeah, your work, right? Because you get the sewer gas, and yep. that's not great. You'll figure that out really quickly, you by will. the way. You will. You know, um, when you're like, oh, God, what is that stank? Right. Watch YouTube. Yeah. And um, But then you now have a kind of an unencumbered space to you're – not, you're not thinking about having to try to get that done while the toilet's still in its place, right? right what right. makes the job a whole lot easier, right? right? So that's a nuance, and it's a small detail, but there are those kinds of details that ripple throughout every project that make it a nice finished product or – at a good price or, you know, maybe one where you wish, geez, I wish we had done that too, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's not where you want to be, right? So, Brent, can you think of any other, um, you know, viable DIYs that we want to share with folks that we could, uh, you know, I think, I can think of some viable that we don't want to, right? So, like, you don't want to be moving bearing walls. The average homeowner should yeah, not be moving no. bearing walls in your house, right? Right. By, but by taking out a section of non-bearing wall and opening up uh, a floor plan is a great thing. Have no fear. Right. However, you know, in that, be careful because you may find, you know, ductwork pipes or things like that that you weren't expecting. You're going to spend some time exploring. Yeah. Right. And thinking about that. And uh, but yeah, open concept. Right. Everyone wants open concept. Closet redos. Yep. Awesome. You awesome. Know, improve your storage. Right. Low cost, big value. Yep. Right. Yep. That's Easy. Right. Anybody can do that on their own. Yep. And, uh, and um, cabinet inserts. So say your cabinets are in decent shape. But um, but you can't get into them all that much. Right. Um, there are a couple great websites. Revishelf is one, and um, Hayfley yeah. uh, is yeah, another yeah, one yeah, that idea. have really great inserts for making um, space inside your cabinets more accessible, better right. storage. Taking um, yeah, taking existing dysfunctional cabinets and making them more functional. Great idea. I didn't even right. thought about that. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, Stick also, with me, buddy. I'll uh, take you places. So as, as we're looking sort of toward the end of this, I also want to talk just a little bit about um, as DIYers are thinking about doing things is sort of tools. And and in order, you know, it certainly is not the tool that makes the job. However, the tool makes the job one hell of a lot easier and likely to come out better. Sawzall. So, yeah. <laughs> Sawzall, yes. Sawzalls are wonderful. Um, however, it can also be a huge investment, right? Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if this project is going to be a one-off for you and you're not going to ever do it again, you need to be careful in how you think about what you want to invest in, right? Yep. And this is also a great time for you to have friends who have some of the yeah. more expensive. If you, yeah. have a, if you have a friend who has a chop saw, right, which we use for cutting trim and things like that, 
that those are not a good one is not inexpensive, no. right? Um, and uh, and a good one makes the difference between doing nice cuts and not doing nice cuts, right? So think about that. But don't be that jerk who who borrows a friend's tool and either doesn't return it or returns it in poor shape. Right. Don't be it, that jerk. Yeah, in fact, be the be the person who always returns the tool better than you were yeah, given it to, right? Cleaner, Clean, and maybe with down. a new blade in exactly, it. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are a core number of tools that I think you do for almost any DIY project you do want to have, right? And and how do you go about getting those most effectively, right? So there's there are a few cordless tools that I think are super valuable, mm-hmm. and I uh, I'm a big fan. I like buying better name product. I don't like buying budget b- product, but I don't always like paying top price for it. So. I will go to different websites to find reconditioned tools. Yeah. The exact same tool. So I happen to run all DeWalt tools. And I love DeWalt tools. But they're expensive, right? And their batteries are super expensive. Mm-hmm. But um, I can do a much better job for myself at outfitting myself if I'm going to reconditioned. And mm-hmm. I literally, and I've bought a tremendous number of reconditioned tools, and I literally have never had a bad experience mm-hmm. in reconditioned tools, right? Or even just hop on eBay. I mean, there's people who buy a bunch of things and then say, uh, I, I, I can't use this anymore or you know they inherited their uncle's house and the the house was filled with good tools right but the person doesn't have any use for them so you know you can pick up some good stuff and then for good hand tools that that are inexpensive uh, you know and they're they're all chinese made but they're decent there's a there are companies now in most marketplaces called harbor freight tools Mm -hmm. harbor freight um has I, i would i frankly would not recommend them for for power necessarily power tools or mm-hmm. tools that are uh, like requiring a lot of precision but all the various hand tools from you know from pliers to screwdrivers to hammers to pry bars to all that kind of stuff sledgehammers yeah sledgehammers almost as important as a sawzall right sure you can do some renting as well uh, like like uh, if you're doing a tile job you can actually rent a tile, tile saw. saw right yeah so the average homeowner should not be buying a, t- a wet saw right right uh, and depending on the tile you choose, you may or may not even need right. a wet saw. You could just yeah. use a, you know, a yeah. The backsplash I just did was porcelain, and it was just scoring tool, tool and, a, and a clip and a snapper. Nippers. What's it called? Nippers. Thank Nippers, you. Right. So, <laughs> it was nipper snapper. All right. So I just wanted to get that out there too, sort of as the last part of this conversation and, and thinking that thinking through DIY. There's obviously a ton of things. And by the way, any of the listeners want to you know want to ask questions about DIY projects or shoot us a, shoot us a project you're thinking about doing. Uh, we'd be happy to uh, to chime in and help yep. out and give you some guidance to the best of our ability. Yep, right? definitely. So uh, you have been listening to Renovation Made Right. We greatly appreciate you doing that. And my name is David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. And we will be back with you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like the show, leave us a review.